We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted the film show. You're listening to Unscripted the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good afternoon and welcome to Unscripted, the film show here on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM, top station on your dial. I am Cecilia. Across from me is Lewis and tonight... Sorry, I cut you off before you could say hello. Say hello. Hello. Um, (laughs) And we are joined by two very special guests tonight in the studio from uh, Over the Fence Comedy Film Festival. Festival director Greg and assistant marketing coordinator Greta. Hello and welcome. Hello, thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, great to be here. <laughs> Perfect. We want to know all about the festival and I always like to start with a good origin story. Lewis, what do you think? Well, I, I quite like this, having uh, people on the show who have been doing something longer than I've been doing the show because <laughs> uh, I started the show in 1999 but Greg started Over the Fence Film Festival in 1996. Wowza. So, um, yeah, and, uh, and we've, we've kind of been like ships in the night uh, over our, our careers because I started in stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and uh, Greg was a, uh, also curated uh, the Wild West Comedy Festival as well. And I actually judged on the Wild West Comedy Festival uh, one year because I had a friend who oh. was, uh, you know, putting the whole thing together. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's one of those things like, and I think we've, we've seen each other in passing, but uh, it was actually, you came to my door with your, your day job and that's how I was like, hey, Greg, yeah, let's, let's, let's get you on air. Let's, let's talk about over the fence because it's been a while. Let's get this done, hey, finally. Yeah. So it's a long history of over the fence. So give us a, a rundown of where it started and where you are now. Okay, so it actually started in 1995. Right. Um, Phil, Jen, Kane and I, uh, we got together. He was a filmmaker out of Murdoch University and UWA and he made comedy films um, and they were awesome, right? And I had made my first... Oh, in fact, I was, I was actually at a screening of my film... Um, while I was at Murdoch, and it was actually an intense film about the last human being alive on the planet, and um, and and she was killing ants on on her her um, kitchen kitchen sink <laughs> while she was looking at her dog that was playing around in in the garden, but she knew she was the last person on earth. It was screened at the Film and Television Institute as part of the um, WA Screens Screen Festival, um, and my tutor's wife was sitting in the chairs in front of me, and um, I knew her because my tutor had identified her and da 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 da. Um, 
and at the end of my film, she turned to a friend and she said, but why did he make it? (laughs) 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 And it was pretty damn intense. And I went, oh, wow, that's a really important question. (laughs) And I spent almost a year pondering what the... What went wrong in my film such that she asked that question, that important mm-hmm. question? And that's when I realised, you know what, I could have said that with an excellent sense of humour and I would have engaged the audience and that question would have come up inside of humour. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started toying with the idea. And that year I saw Phil Kane's comedy film um, and it was awesome. And we included it in our first festival. It was called Duck. And it was silent. <laughs> and it was about these two guys who were, who were in a kitchen and, and they're hysterical, like really nervous about what is going on. And then eventually one word comes out, the word duck, and the other guy goes, and he's hit in the <laughs> face with a rubber duck. <laughs> Wow! So it was awesome. Wow! So, so, so over the over the years, there's been so, so since '96. So it's been going. I guess like a couple of years time, it's going to be its 30th anniversary, well, which is it's 27 now. Yeah. Um, so there's obviously been like hundreds of short films that have gone through that you've you've uh, had to uh, choose. Now, how many submissions do you get every year over the fence? Um, anywhere from. 180 to 200. And how many in... Uh, do you restrict yourself, say, OK, we're going to have uh, 10 short films per show? Or is it, do you have a, a restriction about... Obviously, you can't go on for hours and hours and hours, so you've got to have a, a, a cut-off. And so how many films do you usually have, uh, Greta? Uh, um, we have a time restriction. Um, we kind of limit it to about... Um, Two hours, Two yeah. Hours? yeah. Um, and so obviously that makes it tricky. Yeah. Uh, if there is a film that's really great or really great in its second half or something like that, it does make it tricky when um, if it's half an hour, something like that, that it's not something we can really include a lot of the time. Um, so we do have that limitation on it, um, which is unfortunate, but um, we still we want to make a great show with the diversity. S- so how do you whittle down 250 films mm. to maybe 10 or 15? And that's why we created a world of dark comedy. <laughs> because now running two festivals, all those entries go in. So dark comedy really pushes the boundaries, whereas Over the Fence um, is kind of 15 plus. Mm-hmm. We try and keep it kind of... Neat, calm, um, yeah. enjoyable, accessible. Open. Yeah, <laughs> accessible. that's a great word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that way we get. So this year we have sixteen short films. Mm-hmm. In Over the Fence last year we had fourteen. Mm-hmm. So out of that we got thirty films. Um, and what we also can do now is we can put them forward. So if we see a film that fits dark comedy, we'll, we'll uh, put it across to that. 
Oh, fair enough. Because and the reason we've got you on today to talk about Over the Fence Film Festival is because it's you know literally around the corner. And mm. most festivals, when you think uh, the you know, Italian Film Festival, the French Film Festival, mm-hmm. uh, all the festivals they usually like will be running over a month, and there's lots of movies and stuff to see. But because it's a short film festival, and you're condensing it into just one one night of screening it, uh, it means that you see oh, so two two nights. Sorry. There's a, a one night and one matinee. Um, so you, you kind of condense it down to being able to see the whole festival in one sitting, uh, which is really good because that's one of the things is like, you know, we, we see a lot of films mm. and very rarely, like, if we see film festival stuff, it's usually as screeners because we just don't have the time to, to get out there and see it on top of everything else we see. But this is great because we can go and see the Over the Fence Film Festival in one show in a couple of hours. And you've chosen the best day in the year to have <laughs> a comedy film festival you've chosen april the first which is april's april fool's day and it's going to be at uh, dada theater in Fremantle, which is really good because it's very close to uh clancy's and uh you know it's just uh, be great to go there have a beer beforehand watch some films have another beer afterwards uh you know drive drink responsibly um <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's a really great uh, you know place to go go and see it um now there's obviously it's a film festival there's 15 films in the uh in the sh- in the show give us a rundown on some of the well obviously they're all good because they wouldn't be in there otherwise but they're the what? best of the best aren't <laughs> they these ones you've gone through hundreds of selections and picked these so do I get a little prize or something like that for being picked uh, saying to say we were over the fence they get a laurel yeah, they got a little laurel to put a on laurel. there. Oh, okay. Um, yep. You know that they've been selected, nice. which is always good. That's cool. So, like official over the, you know, film festival little. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> Imagine that. Very yeah. cool. And if they go on and win one of the top uh, three prizes, so we have two categories: mm. best film and most popular. They get another laurel, identifying which one they won and where they came in. Uh, the top three. Perfect. Nice. And they've come from all over the world, essentially, mm. these. Perfect. Yeah. Um, it's a great lineup, but yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about some of those films. If, if there's any that uh, you guys. Um, we can't really say favourite, can we? Because that might no, be, no, that no, might don't be giving it. away. Just don't randomly, it. Just select yeah, something and tell just... us about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely all um, have our favourites and we fight for them in the selection <laughs> process. Um, so that's always fun. Um, I would say probably my favourite um, is Hubbard's. Um, it uh, is from the US and it's just a really uh, sort of absurd... Um, sort of take on uh, a guy's search for his brother's bones mixed in with them mixed in with a bit of a bizarre ad um, it's, and called, it's called Hubbard it's called Hubbard's yeah Hubbard's. <laughs> it's a, like you play on old mother Hubbard I'm assuming in yeah there? I think I think <laughs> it's probably something to do with that right um, but yeah it's been it's been interesting we have a quite um, an age range in our selection mm-hmm. process and you can definitely see the uh, <laughs> the gener- different generation sense of humor and I think that's valuable that, you know, we're able to um, select films that cater to all different types of senses of humour and that kind of thing. Absolutely. And that's a, one of the things I like about it because I have seen some Over the Fence in the past and I can't put my finger on it because it's been around for so long and obviously 
I see a lot of things, so I forget <laughs> like specifics. But um, I do like the idea that if you, you, you're watching it and something isn't particularly your sense of humour, it's only there for like 10, 15 minutes and then you're moving on to the next thing. So there's, there's always going to be something that will really appeal to you uh, in, in the lineup. Yeah. And the fact that you're... Um, the prizes are based on the vote vote of the audience uh, is is really important. And it's not just playing here in Perth either. It's also on the same day is playing in Adelaide and Melbourne, Melbourne as well. Um, so, do, when they're doing the uh, the voting, does that mean that uh, it's going to get voted on here in Perth, in South Australia, in Adelaide, and in Melbourne, and then all the votes get collated, and then a winner gets comes from there? Yep. That's correct. And we actually go on national tour after April 1st. Oh, right. So we're going to be screening. We currently have Darwin, um, Cuba PD, Sale, Ballarat, um, and there's more venues coming. Well, I'm very glad to hear that because those places definitely need comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I think the world does. Yeah. <laughs> Serious. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's, that's fantastic. Well, thank you guys very much for coming in. Really appreciate it. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, I, I've been every year I go, oh, yeah, Over the Fence is coming up. We really should do something about that. <laughs> so I'm glad this year we managed to do that. Uh, where can people go to find out more information and to buy tickets? Uh, please go to our website. We've got a website, Instagram, Facebook. We've even got a TikTok. We've branched out. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, the website has uh, the ticketing details, all of that kind of thing. Um, we would love to see you there. Excellent. Yep. And you've also got uh, um, merchandise as well. Uh, you're you're uh, modelling a, a lovely uh, over-the-fence T-shirt <laughs> yep. with your... Uh, uh, with your um, uh, mascot. mascot. <laughs> uh, Stompy on the back. Yeah. Uh, who's a big uh, dragon-like creature, which is... Uh, dinosaur Dinosaur-y. Yeah. <laughs> what do dragons and stuff are called? Yeah, like, no resemblance like, to any other giant no, creature of a no. similar sort. Um, <laughs> yeah. Literally in the last two weeks, there, there is uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods came out. That's got a dragon in it. Yeah. Uh, we've got um, a Mandalorian on Disney+, and that had a, a dragon in it as well. Yeah. Uh, and we've also got uh, Dungeons & Dragons coming out next week, and that features... Two dragons, I think. Yeah. So yeah, they're I mean, in <laughs> dragons, dinosaurs, and then there's the um, uh, the film with uh, what's his face, so Kylo Ren, where he's facing <laughs> facing uh, dinosaurs. Um, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. That's the one. <laughs> That's the very one. Uh, yeah. So so you've, you've you've got. I mean, you didn't choose him now. He, Stompy's been around for a very long time. Yeah. But he is he's in the zeitgeist, is what I'm saying. So, yeah, definitely. Um, so he, even if you don't like you know, laughing, and if you don't, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure you you would love this uh, this T-shirt because I'm going to be buying one myself. I love it. I think it's great. But thank you very much, for Greg. Thank you, Greta, for coming in, telling us about Over the Fence 2023. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you more about the Dark Comedy Festival and you know, other things you guys are getting into. Beautiful. Look forward to it. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks so much. Hey, cheers. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. We are back on the back of uh, talking about the Over the Fence Comedy film festival. film festival. OTF. OTF. Love it. I love it. There's a bit of a food theme going on. I'm looking at the uh, – I know we've spoken about it in detail, but uh, there's one called Almonds. Uh, the synopsis is all hell breaks loose when a man's girlfriend wants to share in his lunch instead of ordering her own. Oh. Man cow, demon of the cream. Uh, the synopsis, when Steve buys the wrong milk, he finds himself at the mercy of an ancient evil. Uh, 
I'm sorry, but that sounds awesome. Uh, and vegan, 30-year-old uh, Sophie-Ann has a date with the sublime vegan Megan. If he wants to have a chance to hook... I'm, I'm assuming that's Megan, but friend, sorry. Um, if he wants to have a chance to hook up with her, he'll have to hide from her that he is a huge meat lover. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so I just noticed that little trend, but there's more than just food on here uh, by the looks of it. But yeah, there's some really diverse um, <laughs> a, entries. I feel called my, my mother is a cricket bat. Oh, I did not see that one, but my, that sounds very funny. My robot is a refugee. Kiwi hunter. Oh, Kiwi uh, hunter. Like, it's, it's, it sounds <laughs> really good. Um, and but yeah, it's, it's one of the things that I we haven't had a lot of people on to interview them mm-hmm. recently on the on the show. And you, before we used to play music on this show years ago. Yes. And when you'd interview people, it was easy because you'd interview them and then you'd like have a chat in that that break with music yep. and then. But now it's kind of like uh, you we had to kick up poor guests <laughs> out. Yeah. Be like, get out, get out, get yeah. out. Um. So hopefully they don't take too much offense to that no. um but you know I, I think it's great we should we should get more people on the show yeah, yeah. To, well, to, to talk about these things well, I'm, so. I'm going to be buying my tickets tonight to over the fence because uh, i yeah i, I, I want to go and, and see it <laughs> and i want to go and see it and, uh, so do i um greg was just showing us through the uh poster the poster it's it. great it's very cool really um good. Yeah, that that's gonna be good. I get to be, we get to be peer judges as well if we go. That so, sounds that's like the most exciting thing I've ever been a part of. It's like um, pe- people make this stuff and they think we're peers. Yeah. No, how exciting! I feel like it's the Oscars and yeah. like we're part of it somehow. Um, but we we moving on. We do have yes. um, films to talk about. Um, I have a film called Living, which uh, did come out last year. Um, not last year, last week. Um, but I was not here, so. I'll chat about that if no if unless you guys already covered off on that no film. no we didn't i wanted to go and see living but uh in, unfortunately i had a appointment so i couldn't go and see it um also john wick came out this week but i didn't get to see that either that's okay i, I covered you um, i was there you last there? night i went to john wick i sat through three hours of action was it three hours long? It was well, uh, one seventy, so just shy of three wow. hours long. But I have a feeling. No, I don't think they've all been that long. But I, I did see uh, John Wick Chapter Four, uh, so I can I can go into detail about that and uh, yeah, go from there. But um, what if you have? What's on your agenda? <laughs> this this week has been. Like, you know, it's been very busy. Like, January, February, mm-hmm. uh, beginning of March has been reasonably busy for me. Like, you know, spending a lot of time uh, seeing fringe stuff, being in theatres, mm-hmm. uh, doing that kind of stuff. So this last week, uh, as much as I would have loved to have gone to see John Wick, um, it, it's been a kind of reprieve this week mm-hmm. that I haven't had to do anything outside of my day job. Um <laughs> And which I actually enjoy my day job. Uh, I, I highly recommend that to people uh, to if they want to have uh, you know satisfaction is to you know get that find a day job that you kind of like doing mm-hmm. and and don't have to you know uh, drag yourself into it every day because I've I've done that and and uh, yeah and, and now I, I'm not so it's it's kind of good mm-hmm. um, but yeah so just doing that and coming home and. You know, doing what I'm assuming normal people do that. They come home, yeah. they like have something to eat, mm-hmm. uh, watch some TV, and then they go to bed. Yeah. Um, so it's been good to, to, to do that. <laughs> Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you just need, you know, that break and, you know, yeah. Well, I think, I think it was because I had that big uh, the COVID thing where that's all I was doing. Mm. And then it was kind of like, oh, wow, this is, uh, you know, kind of weird. And then all of a sudden, this 
last uh, you know six months or so, it's kind of like kicked back into high gear. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more movies and stuff coming out, and a lot more things to see. And so, um, yeah, but it's uh, I've, it's been good. I've you know stayed home. I've been watching you know The Mandalorian. I've been uh, watching. We've been like going through shit. Shit's Creek, um, uh, and yes, uh, yeah. Now, was Shit's Creek remind? Sorry for interrupting mm. you. Was Shit's Creek something that you and Kat couldn't get into? Mm. Uh, and then Rachel and I were always raving about it. And initially, I couldn't get into it, but I, I persevered and then absolutely loved it. Were you guys the same with Shit's Creek? Did you not initially kind of find it? I think we initially gave it one or two episodes. Mm. We're just going, "What's this? Yeah, what's this? This is." And then we were just like, "Look, Eugene Levy's." In it. I think we we also heard um, Eugene Levy on um, uh, Mark Maron's show, mm-hmm. and I think also on Smartless. And we're just like, "We really have to revisit Chits Creek yeah. and and uh, and give it a try." And it is kind of uh, a, a, it's a good premise for a show like people who are like you know multi-millionaires who have living the most opulent of lifestyles um get ripped off by their financial manager Mm -hmm. have end up with nothing and move to a town that the dad bought as a joke for his son um which i'm still not quite sure how that works to own a whole town but you don't like you know it's just it's it's strange because um they don't own the motel they're living in they own the town though so i always thought when they say you know sometimes you'll see a uh, advert for buy this town i thought you'd legitimately buy and own everything within the town Mm -hmm. but yeah it's all it's all very strange but really good and six seasons long and i just think a really well developed show and it was dan levy who's eugene levy's son who like was the force behind the, the the show and it's also got his sister in it as well but his sister doesn't play his sister in the show she plays the uh, waitress at the local cafe yeah and so yeah it's it's a real family thing and it's great and then you can watch it um in conjunction with watching uh the reluctant traveler on apple tv which is also eugene levy as well but it's him traveling around to places and living in hotels and meeting people and just he's a really great he appears like a really great person. <laughs> I haven't heard. I hadn't heard of that show. Like Traveller. Um, no. Is this a new thing? Or, yes. Oh, I might get onto that because I do enjoy. Um, yeah, watching watching him. I think he's. Uh, well, yeah. I, know, I know someone's got Apple TV that uh, you know, would be happy to let you watch it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. That's all right. <laughs> um, do should we kick into a film then? Mm. What do you want to hear about? I would like to hear about um, the. Uh, um, not John Wick. What was the other the one? Living, the Living. Living, yeah. yeah. Cool. Let's get into it then. Um, this is a film which is, I, I think, was part of the British Film Festival a while back, but it's getting a wider release uh, as of last week. So it's still in cinemas now. You can still catch it, which is great. And it's a British remake of a, a Japanese um uh, film uh, released back in 1952 and it's set in the 1950s you've got Bill Nye who plays uh, Rodney he's this bureaucrat in uh, charge of a council department he's really mastered the art of just like shelving projects and proposals and just shuffling documents you know between departments it's a real mundane kind of you know day job that he has and you know he really barely looks up from his desk to the point where his colleagues have nicknamed him uh, Mr Zombie (laughs) Uh, and 
he receives this terminal uh, cancer diagnosis, unfortunately, and he begins to kind of come alive, not in the sense that he's got this bucket list and he's ticking Mm. things off, but in a sense that he develops a kind of renewed sense of purpose. And, you know, he skips work, he forms friendship with uh, Mrs. Harris, one of his co-workers, uh, who is played by uh, Amy Lou Wood, who you will recognise from Sex Education. Oh, yes. Yeah, she's a real bubbly kind of personality, someone who's just, you know, starting out in her career. So he kind of is a bit of a mentor to her in that respect as well. And he actually decides to do something about a park proposal that's come forward and has been bouncing back and forth between these departments, you know, not really getting the approval and needs. It's like a children's park Mm. that they want to build. And he really gets involved in that. Um, It's an interesting film because we don't really learn a lot about his past. We get the sense that he's not a real family man. He's um, a bit, you know, his relationship with his children's a little bit, you know, estranged there. But it's a slow burn. It doesn't necessarily like accelerate in any direction. It's not, um, you know, in that respect. But I think Bill Nye's performance in this is really compelling. It's engaging. And I think with Bill Nye, you often think, oh, it's Bill Nye. You're going to get <sighs> Bill Nye, right? Because mm-hmm. he's got that real um, obvious voice. Mm-hmm. But he's quite subdued. He really pulls it back, which really works for his character in this. And yeah, it was, I kind of walked into this film thinking it's going to be really bleak and dark and really upsetting, but it wasn't. It was quite a nice tale and it was just an enjoyable watch. Mm. I was really reluctant. I was like, do I want to go and see a sad movie that's, you know, this was on a Saturday that's going to, you know, make my day a little bit grey, but I I quite enjoyed it. It was, yeah, interesting watch. Mm. So I'm going to score this three and a half swings. Okay. Three and a half swings. I'm I'm surprised it was set in the 1950s because I saw the trailer, mm. and I thought it was like more modern times and he ah. was just like an old-fashioned kind of person. But Yeah. Um, yeah, but that, that really, I mean, it must have really sucked to be <laughs> diagnosed with cancer <laughs> in the 1950s. Yeah, medicine was so different back then, yeah. I think. Yeah. At least now you feel like you've got a chance yeah. kind of thing. But it, it went, with his um, job, is he, does he enjoy his job or is he just he's, this person who's just, you know, going through the motions every day and... Yeah, you get the sense that he's just going through the motions. People are a little bit, you know, he obviously leads a team and Mm. he's kind of sitting at his desk and I think most people are really scared to kind of talk to him. They just kind of let him go. But, yeah, it is really just doing the motions Mm. every day. But, yeah, he gets that renewed sense of purpose about his job and he's like, hey, you know, look at this project. Let's do something about it once he gets that diagnosis. So, yeah, I think he's just someone who maybe perhaps enjoyed it at one point Mm. uh, but not necessarily now and I think it's interesting because the Japanese version of the film was kind of um, set after a particular war whereas this doesn't really mention anything about that Mm. so there might be a different element to the Japanese version perhaps that you don't get in this film I don't know Uh, the character had you know previously served and had come back. So Because you think at the age he is, he would have probably served in World War One. Yeah. Um, and then, like, lived through World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas that's not really mentioned at all. You don't get a glimpse at that. But I don't think you necessarily need it. 
uh, mm. in this film. But yeah, I just I really enjoyed Bill Nye's performance oh, in this. He's great. He's great. He's <laughs> he's so diverse in you know even though he's got that distinctive voice, he's very diverse in his roles. Um, you know, in terms of like genres, mm, like you'll see mm. him in a comedy, then you'll see him in something like this. So, uh, well, we shall take a small break and come back right after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. John Wick. John Wick is a man about the town. He has been around for a while. (laughs) I remember when the first film got released uh, back in 2014 and it was an action, you know, thriller film and everybody loves Keanu Reeves. So, of course, you're going to go and watch this film. But the the story of John Wick really is that he's a hitman who is forced out of retirement to seek revenge against men who killed his puppy, which was a final gift from his uh, recently deceased wife. Because this is the third John Wick film? This is the fourth chapter. Fourth. We are in the fourth chapter of John Wick at the moment, released in cinemas today. Because the first one was the dog dies, so he went nuts. The second yep. one was getting his car back. Was the third one where he went more international? Yes, yep. and it was insane. I remember watching the third one and the action sequences were brutal. There was a scene where he, I think, killed a few people with a book <laughs> uh, from memory and also managed to get a horse to kick somebody in the face. Uh, and I completely loved it. Uh, so, of course, I'm going to return for John Wick 4. The problem with John Wick, though, and I'm not going to go into the synopsis too much because it is about a, a hitman who is forced out of retirement and in each chapter he is somebody's after him. Mm. Well, actually, in the third one, a lot of people were after him. It almost seemed like everybody in the world was after him. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of got to the point where it was so far-fetched that you laugh at it, at how bizarre it got. Because I remember there was a hit put out on him and I think he was only safe at this particular hotel where you can go in and you can get some kind of reprieve. Mm. And I'm going to stuff up the the plot if I try and detail it, so I'm not going to detail it. If you like John Wick, you'll know. If you like action, you'll go and see it. But this particular film is really him trying to put an end to everything. He just wants to he wants to stop and slow down and he wants to basically just live his life in peace and that's what this story is really about him trying to do that so in order to do that he has to try and get to the head of this incredibly large organization of hitmen uh, which hitmen and women I should say who cover the entire globe and try and reason with this person. But, of course, this person played by Bill Skarsgård, and I don't know his name in the film, but he's an evil guy. Uh, And he is a young evil guy. Uh, Of course, he doesn't want to make things for John Wick uh, easy at all. So another hit is put out on him. His name is Muckus. Thank you, Muckus. Uh, There's a duel that happens. A jewel. Which is pretty interesting. Um, but for the most part, this film is just three hours of nonstop action in your face. Bam. And it's... But the thing I like about John Wick is that the action sequences are well choreographed and they're also a lot of fun and there's a lot of creativity put into play with them. Like in this one, there was a blind man who was using his cane to fight people. 
there was this awesome scene taking place at this nightclub where I don't know how this happened, but John Wick's fighting off a guy and nobody around him seems to care. They just keep dancing. <laughs> um, and I'm like, that wouldn't happen in real life. People would be looking around and, you know, what's going on. But it is just action-packed, uh, very unbelievable, but still good fun. Is it, is it more, <laughs> uh, is this one all based more on America or is it? Um... Uh, no, a lot of this is in France. Oh, okay. uh, Paris, I should yeah. say. Most of this is in Paris. There's a few scenes, um, I think, in Berlin, um, but for the most part in Paris. Uh, and there's a few car chasing scenes as to be expected. Uh, but yeah, John Wick is just bad ass mm. and uh, really he cannot be defeated. So, you know, <laughs> will you see this, Lewis? Oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm, Kat, Kat was like, because I, I don't know, because um, we get invited to, to most of the screenings <laughs> and I did not get an invite to go and see John Wick. No. So Kat was like, did you not get invited? I was like, no, but I'm happy to pay for it. It's all good. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always happy to pay for movies. Even if I've seen them, I'll pay, pay for them mm. again. So, um but there was a bit of a sad uh, connection to uh, John Wick as well. Uh, in uh, actor Lance Riddick uh, actually passed away this week uh, on the 17th of March. And he played uh, Charon in the, the John Wick series, who was the maitre d', the, 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 the hotel oh, manager. Oh, the concierge. Guy. Concierge. Concierge. Yes. concierge. Yeah. Thank um, you. Uh, he he's like uh, you know a sensational actor that's been in a, a massive amount of uh, movies over his time. Um, he was in the, the Wire and stuff like that as well. Um, really, just intense uh, look and uh, you know, great voice and such presence. And um, so yeah, and he, he died at sixties. Really sad. It's really very, sad. Very young and. Um, yeah, we should have seen uh, you know more of him in in, in films coming up, but uh, he he will be missed, um, and he'll certainly be missed in the John Wick franchise because I'm sure that John Wick Four is not the last that we're going to see of Mr. Wick. Well, you think it might be, but uh, the based on the way it ends, but um, the, there are two spin-offs in development at the moment: uh, a film called The Continental and another film called Ballerina. And apparently a fifth main instalment. So John Wick Chapter Five is also has been shot. What well, was intended to be shot back to back with the fourth film is also in development. So the Continental was is the hotel. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. And the ballerina. What's that? Is that a character in there? There was. I, I can't remember if it was the second or third film which really dived into the origin story of John Wick mm. and this organization and and how he became a hitman. And it had something to do with. Um, I think Russia and the Russian ballet. I, I remember from memory there was there's so much to- moving parts to this you know franchise. Uh, I can't even remember the details of it, but I know one of the film really explored you know who John Wick was, uh, where he came from. I think he was an orphan, and mm. as part of that, the girls were made to do ballet and the boys were made to 
kill. I'm something like that. <laughs> right. um, I could be completely uh, wrong. When, whenever there's a movie uh, and you, you'll get women who are being trained to be spies or assassins or something like that, invariably they always get trained to do yep. ballet as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it all ties in with the Russian mafia and, of mm. course, ballet is very Russian. Yeah. So uh, it's got to be to do – I assume the ballerina may be about a um, – kick-ass ballerina who can also kill and fight, maybe. I don't know. Nice. But, um, look, it's all good fun, isn't it, really? So in, in uh, so what, what did you score it again? Oh, I haven't done oh, that yeah. one yet. I'm going to score this. Oh, it's hard because it's not, it's really far-fetched and stupid, <laughs> but it's so much fun. I'm going to score this for... Pistols. 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 Did, did you score the uh, living? I did. Three yeah. and a half yeah, like, swings. Cool. Ah, um, I did, yeah. I, I, I think it's – I feel really weird scoring John Wick so high when it's such a far-fetched concept, but I think I just enjoy the action sequences so much and the creativity that goes into them. It's hard not to like it. And Keanu Reeves. I'm, I mean, he's just so cool. He is. He's very, very cool. <sighs> Wish I was cool. <laughs> you are cool. <laughs> you are cool. <laughs> Definitely the coolest thing on this show. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, John Wick in cinemas now. Um, catch it while you can. And, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we won't see the last of John Wick, that's yeah. for sure. I'm going to go see it. I might, might uh, get, get into the cinema and see it next week, I think. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Well, we might take another short break and we'll be back after this. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. You are indeed listening to Unscripted, the film show. Uh, we have run out of films to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, never f- uh, fear because we've always got something to talk about. I've I've um, been rewatching because uh, uh, Kat and I put a uh, TV in the bedroom. Yes, and uh, we got a it's a 4K TV. And we bought a 4K player. We hadn't had one of those before. So while physical media is still something you can actually buy, uh, we went and bought some 4K uh, Blu-rays to to watch. And one thing that we, uh, you know, made sure that we got on 4K was Star Wars mm-hmm. um, because I you know, had it on VHS. So I got it on DVD. I bought it on Blu-ray. God forbid I do not have it on uh, 4K as well. The weird thing is we started because Kat was like, okay, how are we going to watch this? Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, with Star Wars, you're – you can, uh, you know, start with, uh, you know, the, the original trilogy, you know, four, five, six. You can. And then you can go back to one, two, three, and then you can watch the, you know, the um, sequels, um, seven, eight, nine. Uh, or you can start one through to nine uh, and do what we're doing where you're also going to be putting in uh, the solo movie and Rogue One as well. So you're watching that, uh, you know, Skywalker storyline through those 11 films at that point in time um but the the uh prequel films have always had that um it looks a bit crap kind yeah. of you know, feel thing about to it, it. Yeah, yeah yeah um you know because you know george was trying to be experimental and uh you know was you know there wasn't a lot of sets so most of it was green screen and stuff like that but the upscale with 4k actually makes it look all right which is weird when there's a film before you, you watch it and go, oh, that's a bit ropey. Yeah. And then you watch it and go, wow, this is good. So it's a high frame rate, sorry, high frame rate 4K and it just seems to improve the quality of the picture of the, the, the Star Wars films. So you, we, we've watched the first three now and, yeah, we enjoyed them. I mean, it's like, you know, it is, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But 
you, you, um, being your uh, younger person, uh, <laughs> young do, age, do you enjoy the the uh, st- the prequel uh, Star Wars? Like, are they your Star Wars, or are you more like like the original trilogy or the or the sequels? Which which are yours? I mean, I think the sequels I know more mm-hmm. uh, because that's what I was probably introduced to. But I mean, having gone back and seeing them all, um, I mean. I don't necessarily have a preference, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think the world in general, the Star Wars world in general, is, is really fun. And, uh, you know, I really loved seeing the films, um, you know, The Force Awakens mm-hmm. and then, you know, the solo film as well, mm-hmm. I think have all been really fun. I, I haven't really branched onto any of the other media, so like The Mandalorian mm-hmm. and things that you, you have available to you. Because I'm not, I don't know, I've just never, I, I wouldn't say I'm a... I, fan i like star wars i'm not a fan but um yeah interesting i think it's a really interesting insight too is because i often will put an old film on you know dvd that's from you know many 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 years ago and you just look at the quality of it and it's just not what you get today Mm. so yeah it's cool to see what that 4k can actually do to the older types of media well, the interesting thing is is upscaling things like even even taking uh, old uh, film from mm. like the turn of the century. I've yeah. seen them upscale that and then increase the um, the frame rate, mm. and it looks like something that was shot in modern times it's just amazing. by doing that. Yeah. Uh, but the um, yeah with with Star Wars, <laughs> another thing like. Uh, uh, I find it interesting is uh, I watched the the Mandalorian last night. I think it was see episode f- three or four last night. I think it might have been four. Um, and the uh, what Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau have done is they don't they they seem to be uh, tr- not only uh, you know doing a damn good TV show, but they're also uh, kind of uh, being a a healing force in in Star Wars as well. Because um, do you recall uh, from the uh, prequel trilogy, uh, one of the the most um, uh, uh, characters that was uh, disliked by a lot of fans, particularly fans of the original trilogy, was Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Uh, People just thought he was a bit over the top. I like him yeah. like I felt sorry for him because I felt like people were mean to him yeah it's it's, anyway. it's an interesting character as well and his his actual um uh, storyline is interesting because in the first one he's very involved mm. and he's like this the, the comedy relief and everything like that then in uh, Attack of the Clones he becomes uh he takes over the senatorial role for Amidala when she uh, takes off and he kind of uh, helps to put Sidious in power so that he can you know, start his uh, takeover of what would become the Empire. Right. And then in the fourth, in the third one, uh, I think he his uh, lines just got down to going, excuse me, when someone bumped into him. But so he, uh, yeah, certainly... Um, yeah, he wasn't well received by the the old school fans. Mm. I think younger people they they have more of a, more adoration for yeah. him. Uh, but Ahmed Best had a really hard time of it because people were really, really, really mean to this guy, the actor who portrayed uh, Jar Jar Binks, and. Uh, what Filoni and, and um, Favreau have done is they've cast Ahmed Best in The Mandalorian and he plays a really cool character. Aww. And so they're kind of, you know, uh, 
it's kind of giving Ahmed Best a chance to enjoy being in the the Star Wars yeah. universe and uh, you know not be reviled for a character that he portrayed. And I don't think people should revile no um, Jar Jar. I think Jar Jar was you know served his purpose. He did, and yeah, no, I like that. I think that's a nice yeah little little story there yeah. to um know that yeah he's got that. But I mean, why would you even go after an actor anyway who's portraying somebody? But, uh, People, it can be, <laughs> but people are. This is the world we live in. People are silly sometimes. Exactly, aren't they? exactly. They are silly. Um, I did hear some news though about um potentially Quentin Tarantino uh, making a new film, mm-hmm. uh, and we've always heard this that he will um make ten films and then retire, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was his ninth film. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently there's uh, a, a film, it, it's in early stages and obviously Tarantino's a little bit quiet about it. So I, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but apparently it's a film about a, uh, film critic, a female film critic in the 1970s, Los Angeles, um, which I thought is really cool. I, I don't know any more plot details than that, but, um, yeah, that sounds interesting. 1970s female film critic mm-hmm. and yeah, how that will... Um, Is it about Margaret Pomerantz? No, it's not. <laughs> Apparently it could potentially be based on uh, legendary critic novelist Pauline Cow, uh, someone who Tarantino has deep respect for and uh, as an inspiration. So perhaps it could be. But it is early days yet, but I always do get a little bit excited when I hear news that Tarantino is uh, working on something new. I just realised something. I do actually have another film to review. Yes. Um, yes. When I was like scrolling uh, through, as I said, you know, at home, just going, oh, we're watching, te- watching telly, watching telly, watching telly, let's watch something else other than Chits Creek. There must mm-hmm. be something. Uh, I did a scroll of the uh, what's new on Netflix uh, kind of thing. And I went, uh, do, 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 Clerks 3? What the? Clerks 3. I uh, have been hanging out to watch Clerks 3. I've been waiting for it to be available for, uh, to buy on And then all of a sudden it's there. <laughs> and then it's just like on Netflix. So I was like, oh, okay, fine, cool. And I was like, Kat, <laughs> let's do this. And she was like, yeah, let's do this. And so why, why did you press play? Do it. And I was like, fine, I will. And so I pressed play and uh, we watched Clerks 3. And like you... To be honest, like with this film, if you are not a Kevin Smith fan, mm-hmm. if you didn't like Clerks 1, you didn't like Clerks 2, if you're not into Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith's world, you're not going to like this film. <laughs> this this film is, you know, he knows his audience. This film is made for his audience. Um, this is kind of like circling back to the, the first Clerks film mm-hmm. as well. So you've got uh, da- uh, Dante and Randall there. They still own the quick stop. Yeah. Uh, they're like now they're in their like late 40s, early 50s kind of thing. Um, and they just got doing what you do in life. And then um, Randall suffers a heart attack, a widow maker, because this Kevin Smith suffered a heart attack and almost true. died from it mm. uh, about five years ago. And so when he uh, survives the, the heart attack through you know, some suggestion from Dante, he decides to make a film about working in a quick stop. And so he's ostensibly making the original Clerks film and you know it's uh yeah but there's there's some real heart to this film um 
Because uh, in uh, The Clerks 2, uh, Dante uh, started a relationship with Becky, played by Rosario Dawson. Mm -hmm. Now, in Clerks 3, Becky's died and she died while pregnant with their baby. So there's some real double whammy kind of stuff going on there. Whoa, whoa. And so there's there's like this... uh, storyline about that and it's it's you know that's sad side of things but it's still funny it's still hitting all the notes uh jay and silent bob are now uh they own the rst video next door and it's a legal weed dis- uh, dispensary <laughs> but they can't get away from uh selling weed in the old way they did when standing in front of the quick stop so <laughs> even though it's legal for them to sell weed they're still like being dodgy <laughs> about it. um it's just yeah it's if you're a Kevin Smith fan, it's really good fun. Um, I I, I want to get it on Blu-ray and I want Kevin Smith to do a commentary mm-hmm. and I want to see all the cut scenes from it. Um, is it the greatest film in the world? No. Uh, but for a Kevin Smith fan, it's more of what you love. So mm. get in there. It's on Netflix. Enjoy it. I'm going to give Clerks three, um, four... Pre-rolled doobies. <laughs> I'm looking forward to checking that one out um, as a Clerks fan myself. I'm. I, it's hard because as much as I do love Clerks, I think some of Kevin Smith's films are a little bit. Um, like I mean, Tusk and Yoga mm. Hoses were were so bizarre, weren't they? That it's almost interesting. Um, to be like, oh, I love Kevin Smith. But I think I appreciate his absurdity yeah. uh, with those films. But um, I do like a little bit of nostalgia and I think, yeah, Clerks 3 might um, throw me back to that. Um. Do you remember Elias in Clerks 2, the, the guy yes. that was very religious in Transformers? Yes, yes. Yeah, his story arc in this is pretty damn funny. <laughs> very cool. I'm so glad it's available. It's like that these days. You're just on there and you see a film that you've been waiting for or hanging out for and that's just there. And you're like, yes. But that's the thing with Kevin Smith's films in the past. It was they would be theatrically released, and you'd go to a screening. And you do would, that kind of stuff. yeah. But now he does it all himself. So yeah, yeah it just it obviously doesn't have a distributor in Australia. Just sold it to Netflix. That's how we get it. That's how we get it. But no, that's good to know. I'm always looking for something uh, fresh and fun to watch mm. uh, on the older streaming services. I uh, watched a horror film the other week. Uh, we do have to wrap up soon, but I'll quickly mention it. it's called uh, Watcher. It's about a girl who um, moves to, uh, oh, God, it's not Bulgaria. Um, Somewhere in Europe with her husband Mm -hmm. uh, and is uh, there's at the same time some killings going on and then she begins to suspect someone's watching and following her and it's all a bit. But then, you know, is she crazy or is she not? Is someone actually following her? And look, I didn't mind it. I like a good horror. And um, it it ticks all the boxes for me because it was you know a little bit. It was more of a thriller, I would say, than a than a horror. But uh, yeah, I do enjoy watching those types of things. Excellent. Uh, and don't forget, uh, Over the Fence Film Festival is going to be on Saturday the first of April at seven pm at Dada's Theatre in Fremantle. Uh, to get tickets, go to overthefence.com.au. And uh, buy your tickets there. It's going to be a fun time. There's also a second matinee screening at 2pm on Sunday, April 2nd. Fantastic. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.